What's up, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. Today, it's joined by your boy Joey, it's your boy Bo, and it's your boy Brady. And we're talking about World War Hulk on our way to the secret invasion coming to the MCU. How you doing today, guys? Doing wonderful. I've got McDonald's coffee with me today, boys. I got myself a McMuffin. I'm feeling great this morning. Let's go. What about you, Bo? What do you, what do you, what do you got going? I just went to the Tim Hortons drive-thru. I've got a nice iced coffee right here. Um, I'm going to have to swing back through and look like a big tub of because my family's now sending me their breakfast orders. Um, but <laughs> other than that, I'm good. I'm, I'm sipping on some coffee. I woke up at 6 o'clock this morning to finish the reading because um, I totally fell asleep last night. And uh, ready, ready to chat with my boys about some World War Hulk. That's a that's a good good question. Good way to start, uh, Joey. When did you finish the reading? I have been done with the reading for some time. Thanks very much to the local Ohio BMV. Um, you know, I had a three hour wait at the BMV, so I breezed through World War Hulk, and I also read, I believe, the first ten issues of the Secret Invasion tie-in while I was at it. But yes, it's it's been about a week or so since I got this one done. And North Carolina would not make it much faster. So um, what I've learned from this is uh, that Bo and I are the only unprepared ones who finished the reading uh, this morning. Uh, that Joey uh, and Bo uh, are the odd ones out this week. I say the odd ones out as I'm the only one who actually don't have homemade coffee. So fun times. I think we're... Uh, we're, we're, we're going to talk about uh, World War Hulk, for those of you who have been trying to follow along with the reading. So if you would like to read it now, pause, go read it. It's a quick five-episode uh, thing that I finished in a couple days, and it was great. So uh, what do you say to, to, to jumping into it quickly, gentlemen, or do we have some, some more, uh, more banter to talk about? I or just some- personally love how the, the words episode and issues are so interchangeable for all three of us. Every time I go back and listen to one of our episodes replay, it's like, I don't, I have no idea which word I'm going to use, but I throw it out and it's most likely the wrong one. If I'm talking about something on Disney plus, it's an issue. And I'll say episode for every single time we do a reading. I I honestly think we should uh, pay somebody to go through and do some stats and see who, who uses what the most. And get some uh, over-under prop bets going. I think episode probably makes more usage than than saying issues. Um, but I think if we did a podcast drinking game, it's if you incorrectly say episode when you mean to say issue, uh, that's a drink. I, and since it's a coffee uh, podcast, we would be in the bathroom quite often. So <laughs> It's a lot of fun with coffee. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about a podcast coffee drinking game. Um, <laughs> But yeah, yeah, we can we can jump right into this one. It's a rather short and sweet storyline, like Brady said, just five episodes slash issues, um, and a lot of that is just some straight on action with not a whole lot of text going on. But we'll do a quick plot summary here for those of you that have not read the comics and have no idea what we are talking about. If you would like to. As Brady said, pause now. Please go read World War Hulk issues one through five or episodes one through five. Your choice. 
<laughs> All right, World War Hulk. So after being blasted off of Earth by the Illuminati that is featured, Tony Stark, Reed Richards, Doctor Strange, Black Bolt, Charles Xavier, and Namor, um, the Hulk crash-landed on the planet Sakaar. If you've seen Thor Ragnarok, you'll be familiar with Sakaar. Um, this is a planet of enslaved gladiators trained to battle for entertainment. And the Hulk is now back on Earth with a vengeance. And after taking down Black Bolt on the moon, he arrives on Earth with this team of alien warriors that he is in charge of, with, uh, such as Korg and Meek. And he is calling out the Illuminati and demanding they pay for their crimes. Tony Stark immediately responds in his Hulkbuster armor, as well as several other heroes, such as Bruce's cousin She-Hulk. Um, Tony and the Hulk quickly begin fighting, and the Hulk declares war on the Illuminati and any superheroes that stand in his way. And in flashbacks, we learn of the events of Planet Hulk, where Hulk had crash-landed on Sakaar and fell in love. And when the Quinjet that he arrived in self-detonates and kills Hulk's beloved, Hulk's anger towards those that banished him allows him to grow to power unlike the world has ever seen. And this is the driving force behind his attack on Earth. So back in the present, Hulk and his army take out several heroes. Uh, Thunderbolt Ross is dispatched to deal with them. Yeah, Hulk pretty much makes quick work of, of General Ross. Um, meanwhile, the Sentry stands by doing nothing. Uh, he's going through some mental trauma and agoraphobia. He's just kind of stuck there, not, not helping. Um, while Doctor Strange tries to get inside of, of Bruce Banner's mind. And, and when Doctor Strange fails to do so, he inhabits the demon Zom in order to fight the Hulk. Um, this goes poorly, as everything has so far. Hulk is just killing it on this uh, the battlefield here. And several of Earth's heroes get captured by Hulk's army. They uh, receive these implants that force them to obey their captors, and they're, they're forced to fight against alien beings before ultimately being forced to fight each other. Uh, meanwhile, Sentry still being convinced to come out to play. Uh, the Hulk stops the heroes from fighting before they can kill each other, stating he is not a murderer like the Illuminati, who he still believes to be responsible for his wife's death. Um, Sentry finally decides to join the battle. We get an epic showdown between the man with the power of a million exploding suns and the Invincible Hulk. And when that fight concludes, Sentry and the Hulk transform back into their human selves. Um, a meek, one of Hulk's uh, minions, is upset about the Hulk disappearing he attacks Bruce Banner, who is saved by our boy Rick Jones, uh, takes a brutal stab wound in the process. But it is revealed that the ship explosion that killed Hulk's beloved was not caused by the Illuminati, but by, you know, the aliens on Sakaar um, that were a part of the group that Hulk led an uh, overthrow of. And uh, Meek just chose not to prevent this because he knew it would anger the Hulk and he believes it's the Hulk's destiny get angry and smash um, in an uncontrollable rage Hulk begins emitting dangerous radiation Tony uses some sort of satellite weapon to neutralize the threat and Bruce Banner is moved underground and that is the conclusion of World War Hulk I right, right, right. as the new guy how did you guys feel about World War Hulk well let me start with saying you're not the only new guy for this one. This is my first time ever reading this. Um, even Joey. With my brother, 
<laughs> so I also am a new reader to this particular storyline. I feel like I tried to read some of the Planet Hulk storyline a long time ago, but I never made it through the entire thing. And I never, I definitely never read World War Hulk. Um, so I do think we were kind of lacking in this story, having not read Planet Hulk, honestly. We, we had some of this background that was peppered in throughout this story that I feel like it would have been uh, a lot of fun for us to visit in, you know, an in actual comic story of, of what was happening, um, you know, kind of in the background prior to this story. I will say, so as the comic noob, then that felt weird about the whole thing. And I'll see if you guys, guys can understand. Um, Bruce Banner to me has always been this, out of control, trying to overcome the fact that he can control sometimes, but can't control, um, and that he he's just you know that that's his 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 thing. But in this, you see him, you know, kind of not wanting to control because of events that happened. You know, um, one of the things about that was that was mentioned with with the Sakaar is he got there, and he actually overthrew the leader and became the leader of Sakaar and that's in in the in the comics and he started a new life there with the gladiators that were fighting and became this you know kind of like good leader for that planet that has always been you know a gladiator focused you know kill or be killed thing and everyone loved him he had a wife he had a baby on the way and he was you know he was happy and able to control it and in true Hulk fashion, something comes along to set off Hulk and make Hulk, you know, unstable. And, which, all all great. No weirdness here. But then he comes down to Earth, and he starts doing the, the gladiator stuff, and great and cool, and getting getting back at him. And then, and then the conclusion at the end was, Century finally, be, you know, decides to, as Tony Stark says, play God, which is such a cool line, by the way. It comes out, runs down Hulk. They have this massive battle that is akin to the uh, the first uh, Avengers battle, where it destroys like ninety percent of New York City. Lots of sun blowing up and Hulk smashing going on, and then for some reason they just both lose their power and shake hands and go, "All right, that was cool," and. Bruce is back to Bruce, and Century is, you know, back to not being the most powerful human, or the most powerful being in the world, and then they, they, you know, and then Rick gets stabbed for some reason, and then, oh yeah, oh hey, by the way, uh, I knew all along that it wasn't these guys, but I uh, just wanted to, you know, keep you mad and angry, okay, go bye, eh, end of book, or end of comic, it was like, what? <laughs> Honestly, Joey, your recap sucks now. Brady's was fantastic. I love his facial expressions. I felt <laughs> the emotion of him going through with that. The uh, stab, power, smash, not not smash. <laughs> that was good, Brady. I love it. I feel like every every non-Hulk story, Joey's are way better because Hulk smash. I could give a little the, the, infle- the inflection and make you know <laughs> make myself feel good. But yeah, well, I, I just I felt like it ended a little weird for me. Like it's just like all of this build up over four issues 
four and a half, really, for it to be like there at the end. And like, oh, I know what it reminded me of Star Wars, the new ones, where you go through all this buildup and then they kiss, and you're like, why did they kiss? And then all this stuff happens, and you're like, what just happened? I think this is good. I think I think I like this. I'll, I'll beat your one on there, Brady. What it reminded me of, because I'll agree, this was basically just a huge buildup with a lot of flashbacks sprinkled in, just kind of explaining why Hulk feels this way. And then you throw in like this almost completely matched power of the century. Build up, build up, build up, build up, and then poof, they're both done. It reminded me so much of like a Dragon Ball Z battle, where like it's the power up, power up, here's my next phase, here's my next form go 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 and then at the end it's like okay this guy was slightly stronger and now we're both back to our base forms you win but yeah i mean kind of bruce made that decision too because ultimately i believe that the hulk kind of could have just now that the century kind of reached his power limit in this and they both kind of battled to a standstill the hulk was just eagerly like he was easily angered again and then could have just taken off and did whatever he want but it really shows you said that like Bruce kind of was choosing to be in Hulk form um, or choosing to be out of control in a sense. And I mean, that's exactly what it was. This is this is not just the Hulk being angry. This was Bruce being angry. So he, he did this very purposefully. Um, and, and you see a lot of control in that. It's not just Hulk's message. Um, this this planned takeover. It's this group that's following me. It's it's vengeful rather than just sheer anger. And. It was still very meh for me. I mean, I tried to get as much into the plot as possible, but it just, it is what it was. Like, the, nothing really happened because of this. See, while I, I do agree that not much happened in terms of plot, I would actually disagree with both of you on um, a lot of what you've said here, because I think this story illustrates fairly clearly that like bruce banner and the hulk are two separate entities they are two different people like bruce is not in any sort of if you think that bruce is in any sort of control while the hulk is taking over you're you're incorrect like he's not choosing to be the hulk the hulk is refusing to let bruce come back and take over because we are just seeing the hulk at the height of his power because this he is literally fueled by anger, and this is just the angriest he has ever been. He finally found love. I mean, he was blasted off into space uh, by his friends. Not a great start. Um, he crash lands on a planet where he's forced to, you know, be an enslaved gladiator. Not, not great. These, these are just not good things. Uh, finally overthrows the government there, finds love as the Hulk, someone that loves him as the Hulk. Um, and immediately loses her in, in, you know, just a dramatic fashion and, you know, just vows vengeance on everyone on, on Earth because he is just growing, growing more and more angry. And then we see him culminate at the end of this story when he dis when he finds out that his friends all along, you know, Meek, or at least one of his friends all along was you know, could have prevented his wife's death and, and chose not to and you know purposefully let her die and we see the hulk almost become like a nuclear weapon at the end um, but i think this story just shows how little bruce banner actually had any sort of control over these events whatsoever I mean, in a way you know it was almost kind of like 
and I and I'll agree with you completely. It almost felt like Hulk had the control over Bruce because he was almost using a pawn in a couple times. One of my favorite scenes, just kind of visually seeing it, because I was like, "Whoa!" Was not expecting that. Was where Doctor Strange finally gets into the point where they're within Bruce's mind. He's talking to him through the astral plane. They get close enough where he like fully reveals himself in true form. And as soon as Doctor Strange gets close enough and kind of let that guard down. It's Hulk right back there, grabs him, completely crushes the doctor's hands. Uh, that was a pretty awesome scene. So it was almost kind of like a peekaboo, Hulk's back. And I'm with I'm with you, Joey, actually. But I think that's the thing that, that I want, m- want more of is that internal battle. Because I think, like I said, I think how it concluded was, you know, you got that where Bruce comes back after fighting Sentry because they both, you know, they both kind of go to their non insane forms and then that's it it's like oh hey done it's just like it's like i wanted more of that internal struggle of bruce fighting in and then you know you see it in um in in the mcu where like you know bruce banner's trying to hulk up and hulk comes out and goes no you know that fight of between the two that you're used to seeing just didn't didn't happen as much. Well, speaking of internal struggle, did either of you decide to go back? Because I am trying to at the moment. Per, uh, I forgot to do so before we started recording, and find out what is going on with the Sentry. Why is our guy Bob Reynolds' bow in such a bad state? He's got this case of agoraphobia. Um, you know, most powerful man on earth, possibly maybe outside of the Hulk that, you know, he's just kind of refusing to step into battle here. So there's so much behind the century and the biggest battle. Honestly, it's one of those, I'm so powerful. My biggest enemy is myself and himself in this being the void where he believes the void is this entity outside of himself, where every time that the century does something good. It, it, he is basically fated that the void will come and do something equally evil. So if he goes and does something that he feels is helping somebody or saving the world, he's dooming the world in the same sense by releasing the void. And he had to go through this deep therapeutical phase where he had to realize that the void's not anything other than himself. He is not the void. The void was just kind of his inner demons, in a sense, releasing, and he has control over it. But by doing that, he very much so just kind of secluded himself back to, I'm not going to do either. I'm not even going to chance it or risk it. I'm just going to have control by choosing to do nothing. So he kind of just goes into the standstill, just nothing but Bob Reynolds phase of of sitting there and, and not even releasing the century just by chance of, what if I'm wrong? What if, what if the void does come back? And there's so much between that. A lot of that's in that kind of the new Avengers and the mighty Avengers run. Um, and he, just the character development of him is really cool. I was thrown off because like, even when they first introduced the century in, um, they plug him in, in a way, and there's a word for this, but, but I forget what it is, but basically showing that he's been there the entire time. Um, but in a sense where, something happened where the the void completely took over in the past where he he kind of just like was wiped from everybody's memory. Um, But the century is backdated to be one of the original superheroes back with like the, the Avengers and everybody we read back in the 1960s and was kind of like written back in there in retrospect. So I thought that was pretty cool. I like when they do stuff like that because it kind of 
even built on his character development as somebody that's new and thrown in there and just kind of like Marvel Superman in a sense. There's a couple of different Marvel Superman, but the century's got that really deep. It reminds me of more of like a the boys version of Superman, where there's like a, a real darkness about it rather than just like the true golden boy. The boys so yeah, were... he's just sitting back trying to trying to do nothing because if he does good, it could it could definitely cost him bad. Yeah, classic Marvel retcon. Uh, you know, introducing something in the early two thousands and then being like, "Oh yeah, he was also there back in those comics that took place in the 60s. <laughs> you don't remember? I mean, well, it's just like you, you mentioned that again, but just like when Doctor Strange gets to his lowest point and calls on the the demon Vom, 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 Zom, Vom, Zom. Zom. And when he goes on Zom, he, uh, you know, basically becomes a Hulk. It loses loses control and gets absorbed by this. And, you know, yet again, another reference to the, the 60s comics, because Zom was, you know, first back then. It's like kind of doing research for this ahead of time, looking him up and going, oh, well, he definitely got a much prettier appearance in this, in this than he did back then. but. Yeah, I just, I, I liked, I, I did like it. It's not that I, I didn't enjoy the reading. I just think, you know, maybe maybe they could have uh, <laughs> made it a little bit more. It's, like I said, it, it parallels Star Wars with me, where it's like, yeah, it was all right, but, you know, if they would have just, you know, yeah, it, done it a little me, more. It gave me flashes back to when we read Avengers Disassembled, where it was, like, really cool action and stuff but in terms of actual plot and like moving a story forward i felt like it was lacking a little bit um but i speaking of of zom and dr strange how cool was it to get the strange smash scene you know we got that panel of, of dr strange with uh being inhabited by the demon and he shows up with all kinds of power and just goes strange smash yeah i will say one of the coolest things was the 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 development of uh when strange gets taken over and does the strange smash and realizes the damage he's causing unknowingly where he's you know almost killed some civilians who were watching and started to understand what you know what it's like to be hulk you know i think that was probably the coolest part of the plot of the story for me is like you know him realizing, oh man, this is what it's like. This is what Bruce Banner has to deal with, where he's, you know, doing what he thinks is right, but has to has to fight this, you know, this what's been going on. So I don't know. It's cool. I, that that is the one part that I really enjoyed. Well, that is actually a pretty cool tie into to what I wanted to chat about. The art in this was definitely not lacking. The action was not lacking whatsoever, but as a weekly segment, when we do the readings, we try to kind of find a dialogue that we can recap and kind of just improv style and reading it back as if it were a script Um, and not a whole lot of back and forth dialogue on here. So it was was tough. There was a lot of action. And even when people are speaking, there's so much action in between it. It kind of gets lost unless we're making all the sound effects are really in the same room punching each other a couple times back and forth so um one of the scenes that i thought was the coolest was where it's basically kind of the trial of the illuminati here and we hear these different flashbacks to to what the hulk has done and things like that um but now we're kind of talking about just 
what the Avengers have done or what the Illuminati personnel have done and kind of the feelings of the public towards these people now as Bruce tries to, or the Hulk rather, tries to paint them out to be the monsters that they truly are. And that's what he believes and he kind of wants them to feel, um, hey, maybe it's not really the most fair, um, but this is what the public sees and it may not be the full story, but this is their impression of you. So there was that really cool scene where um, basically these people are coming up and proclaiming what, what they their feelings or their past judgments and how they were affected by what some of these Illuminati or, or Avengers or and humans or fantastic four <laughs> have done in the past. So uh, we can break this down. Um, I sent that guys to your phone. So if, I'll, I'll kind of let you just pick who you want to be. Brady, you want to be the first panel, second panel or third panel? First. Joey. I'll be the third. The third. Okay, I'll, I'll read the second there. And then there was a little follow-up one where we just kind of read basically just the Hulk's first reaction back to those three statements. So, Brady, why don't you get it started? I don't know if you want to set the scene, kind of describe what we're seeing here, and then and hop straight into it. I will set the scene. So, uh, I believe, and you guys can correct me, I believe this is after the heroes are captured and brought to become gladiators. They're semi-put on a little bit of a trial-type thing, where they bring in these people to speak to them. Um, all happening at Madison Square Garden, by the way. I don't know if you caught that. Um, MSG, baby. So, these are individuals stepping up to a microphone right by the, uh, right by the, the thingamajig. The gladiator arena, as they call it. Or the thingamajig. Take your pick. So, we have uh, these individuals stepping up to say something. So the first is a little old lady, and it says, I believe this is the Hulk, who says, no, you listen. And then the old lady says, my name is Clorinda Roberts. I'm here to speak about Black Bolt. Last month, my husband retired, and for the first time in 20 years, I got him to go with me to the opera house. You probably saw what happened on television. Black Bolt's people came to declare war on America. And they tore my husband's head off. I know what Black Bolt would say. It was a mistake. Those were different. Those weren't his orders. I don't care. My husband is dead. And I want that man to pay. And then next up to the stand at this trial is, is a man um, who introduces himself as... My name's Tom Foster. My uncle was Bill Foster. You probably know him as Goliath. He took the rebel side during the superhero civil war because he knew better than to trust anyone who throws in with the government. Tony Stark and Reed Richards cloned Thor, cloned a god, and used him to kill my uncle. They talk about law, but their laws only seem to apply to people like you and me. I'm ready for the Hulk's law. Next up to the mic, we see a woman in her maybe young 30s, um, hippie looking with a, a green headband, green lipstick on. Dr. Strange dances with the devil. He drank the soul of a demon, nearly killed us all. The seas will run red. Vermin will fall from the skies. A two-headed child will be born. Let the judgment of God be upon you. And then on the next page, we get a panel of them... Trap there, them being Black Bolt, Reed Richards, 
Iron Man and Doctor Strange and, and the Hulk just looking at them from the distance saying, don't like it, do you? It's not fair. Not the whole story. You have excuses, explanations. You're innocent. These people don't know what really happened. They don't know what was in your heart. Now you know how it feels. And then he lets this big monster come out and, and do its thing. <laughs> yeah, I... uh. Yet again, one of the, the few parts of this where the plot actually was like uh, interesting, and uh, I really liked the the different people stepping up. Um, and then we get to Joey's read along the uh, the hippie and her spouting the two headed baby will come, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, maybe maybe don't give her the mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, just, you know, <laughs> I get the old lady of Blackpool, and it's fine. I get I get you know Goliath's uh, relative. That's fine. Maybe keep the hippie end of the world Armageddon person off the mic. But no, it was really it, it was is a cool little like thought and scene to see. And uh, yeah, I uh, yet again it goes back to what what I mentioned about maybe Doctor Strange seeing the Hulk side. You know, they they get the sense of, you know, I didn't mean to do th- those things that happened or, you know, my actions have consequences and and I have to deal with these things that happened, whether I meant to or not. I don't know about a gladiator fight off Hulk. You know? <laughs> There's other things you could have done. I personally like when comics kind of take this step back and like you're you see action, you see these buildings smash, you see these people die. And then you kind of take the step back and the author throws in these little dialogues of what the public's reaction is. We saw this um, with that lady that, that basically when we first did Avengers disassembled um, and talked about like her son dying and, and the aftermath. And um, when you see these people that like are losing relatives or um, they've had people killed, homes destroyed, like it's not just a, Oh, action. This is cool. The more explosions, the better it's, Oh, these these people have people that are actually dying. I try not to think about that part happening, but but it does. And the kind of making the superheroes just kind of I don't know, have to admit their own faults, pay for their actions in a sense. Uh it brings some realism to it, which is cool. And again, yeah, there wasn't a whole ton of plot in this, but well read, gentlemen. I I, I thought this was the most amount of words on a panel, so we definitely needed <laughs> to bring this part in. Yeah, I uh I agree, and and I, when when you were talking about it and and showed that one, I'm like, oh, this will be a good one because it does bring that you know that part of the superhero story of you know there's more to superheroes than big bad guys. They are actually fighting to protect things sometimes. So yeah, and uh, getting that more micro view is always nice. And just speaking of these people on the, the you know the citizens of New York that are coming to the table here. Why on earth do people still live in New York in this Marvel universe? I mean, <laughs> we've read, we've read what five storylines throughout this podcast run, and I think each storyline is depicted at least one panel of like the streets of New York on fire, a building falling over, like things don't go well in that city. That's New Yorkers for you, man. <laughs> They're just trying to get to their job, and on every. Every now and then there's a Saturday where the Hulk <laughs> just has a big gladiator fest at MGM and uh they should big Hulk fans in New York. Like there's a lot of green supporters. 
Yeah. Yeah, it was fun to read some of the like picket signs of people that were on <laughs> on Hulk's side. Yeah, and I just feel like in true New York fashion, when there's a debate between one thing or another, there's always going to be one people on one side or the other and uh you definitely saw the the conspiracy theorist view, you saw the <laughs> You saw the ones who uh, were affected by it jumping out. You saw also, yeah, very, very cool little bit. Yeah, so uh, great choice of a uh, a read-along, though. It was, like you said, one of the few dialogue-heavy scenes that we got. I did like some of the casual one-liners that we got thrown in. You know, I mentioned the strange smash. Um there was, I believe, the Human Torch at one point goes up into the air, says, heads up, sports fans, I think I hear thunder <laughs> right before he crashes down with Storm behind him. Um, and then my perhaps my favorite screenshot that I took throughout this was very early on when Hulk first shows up in that like giant hologram vision on the streets of New York, and he says, puny humans, I've come to smash. <laughs> Just, I, I love Hulk acknowledging he is all about smashing and he has come to smash. <laughs> I do have a question though, not an, a comic new question. So, in the MCU, because of She Hulk, we now have it canon, right? That, uh, that Hulk has kids. It almost sounded like, though, from this, that, you know, Hulk may not have had kids or that that was this was his first kid that was coming through um well the way that it's drawn here in, in the comics and like if i'm wrong let me know because I, I honestly couldn't tell is that last panel showing kind of the the rise of hulk in a sense or based off the hair at the top that's scar right i believe that was scar i left it out of my recap because I was going to bring this question up on the podcast, actually. I'm fairly certain that Scar, because um, just having, you know, like I mentioned, I dove into the Secret Invasion storyline, and as I've been going through that, I have been getting a lot of, you know, the last page of a lot of comic books will have recommendations of other things that are coming out at the same time. And there are a lot of, like, Scar comics going on in that at in that secret invasion time which is pretty much right after world war hulk um in terms of you know print issues coming out but i i'm fairly certain that was scar but it was interesting to me that they really did nothing other than just give us a picture like there was no confirmation of who or what that was i mean it's essentially just like that last scene of she hulk that brady told us about where basically you see him you realize that this person exists and then that's kind of the cutoff right there because we know that obviously as comic fans that Scar has a pretty huge role um, in the events and comics themselves coming up here after this, which I think will tie into some of the other stuff we read. I've always kind of strayed away from the Hulk storylines. I've never been a big cosmic guy and I feel like the Hulk kind of always has his own thing going on ever since he originally detached from the Avengers. Like he's kind of like that cool wild card that you bring in every now and then. Everybody's a Hulk fan, but I've never like dove much into his story or character development. Like I said, this was my first time ever reading World War Hulk. I did not read Planet Hulk before this. Uh, but one of the other recommended storylines as you go through the events is actually World War Hulks with an S um, that comes up a little bit later down the line, kind of around that 
10 11 mark in the in the readings that we're doing here so um obviously he plays a huge factor um when you bring him into any kind of event he's kind of like the the stopping force so um yeah i don't know a ton about scar i've done some development like some research myself on that um but not i can't even list one comic that i know of that I've actually read and he's like been in it rather than just kind of been mentioned. So interested to see how that plays out. That So am I understanding right that we didn't think that was, no, we had, it was Bruce Banner. So is there a scene that I missed there at the end? With, with the, with the, <laughs> the, the very last panel of the entire run was. Yeah. The, the big Bruce green guy Banner. rising out of the goo. Yeah, so it's, oh, it's yeah, right yeah, after yeah. it shows yeah, yeah. Bruce Banner underground in his little like coffin that they've got him stored in at the moment yep. while they figure out what to do with him. Yeah, it, it flashes to Sakaar and we see another Hulk-like figure rise out of the goo. I I I, I remember now. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm interested. I, I am. It Speaking of MCU comparisons. I, I, this is a bit detached, but I, I don't want to skip past this. What were your guys' thoughts of basically how Korg and Meek are in this compared to how we've seen them in MCU movies? I mean, huge, obvious difference between Meek in the MCU <laughs> and Meek in the comic books. Uh, one, he's actually alive and like talking <laughs> and not just being carried by Korg the whole time, suspected to be dead. So there's that, but uh, I, I thought Korg was a lot less humorous myself, um, but that could just be Taika Waititi um, and not Korg in the Yeah, MCU. that's just that live-action Marvel for you. I actually had to go back and look at this, so when if you type in, like, Korg and Meek on Google, like, the pictures come up, I for, completely forgot about, because I'm so used to just little squishy Meek that's getting carried around, of Meek when he's inside of that big battle blade suit, like when he was actually a gladiator himself on the planet. So that's kind of how he looks in the comics. Mm, I don't remember Meek at all. Um, but, yeah, Korg very, very much is different from both of them. Um, I think that, you know, personally, I'm a fan of, of memes, as stated on this podcast. So I'm a big fan of Korg in the uh, MCU. But I do feel like there were some parallels because in the MCU, Korg's the the funny guy who just you know drops drops the the one liners. But he also um, he also was that one that just kind of like would say something to like tie stuff together. If that makes any sense, he was that would drop the one liner that would like tie stuff. And I felt like in in the comics that I did get that where it was like, oh hey, Korg Korg chimed in and it was oh everybody look at this thing happening and it's like oh hey it's Korg being Korg <laughs> um but the other thing I wanted to bring up speaking of again MCU comparisons Iron Man like almost having Magneto type powers of uh telepathy of machinery is that something? Am I overthinking what, what what happened or what I read? Is that, Joey, correct, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know if we're there yet in the comics, is that the extremis? Basically, where like he has the ability to like control those metals and stuff. I thought that was specific to his suit, though. 
Or like the extremist suit is that stuff that he injects so he could basically like control the suit with no external like buttons or switches. It's basically like his mind doing it. I think Bo is correct here. Um, I don't know a ton about extremists from the comic books. Uh, but yeah, I, I think, I mean, that sounds right to me. It was a very it, controversial uh, time for, for Iron Man where like he did that and kind of started developing these powers because of it. And then extremists goes to be used for multiple different evil uh, reasons once it's like in the wrong hands in the comics. Hmm. I I I'd be interested to learn to learn more about that because that's like I was thrown off when he didn't have a suit on. I think it was like when uh, when they were fighting each other and you know Reed Richards has the giant mace over his head and they're like whispering back and forth. He's like, I just need a few more seconds. And I'm like, What does he need a few more seconds for? Is this suit gonna come flying in? And then all of a sudden, like. He starts doing things with his mind to control technology, and I was like, "Oh, uh oh, oh, interesting." But I, uh, I think that would be a cool adaptation of of Iron Man that I had never. So seen yeah, his before. extremist abilities include uh, the ability to manifest and control the armor through direct brain impulses, and even utilize some of its powers when unsurfaced. Uh, he has direct cyberpathic control over the communication devices scanning equipment and recording devices located in his helmet. Um, but he also like later on, as the virus continues to affect him, it grants the body, the ability to heal and regenerate from physical damages, deformities, and even psychological damages. So yeah, this becomes like an Iron Man that we're really not used to, but explains why he's without a suit this entire time, but kind of taken punches the same way as the rest of the superheroes. Yeah, so he's a technological Deadpool. Got it. <laughs> Very interesting. Uh, Short-lived, of... too, I believe. I don't think the extremist suit like, lasts very long. Speaking of an Iron Man we're really not used to, we do get some flashes to um, you know, the Civil War backlash and fallout as well with um, you know, Tony Stark being kind of the head of of that shield project with superheroes being on the government's payroll now. And um, another just quick panel that I had screenshot was, you know, uh, I forget who exactly was speaking, but I believe they're talking to Tony and they say, you know, it's, it's worse than that, sir. Our mystics are telling us, and they go, he goes, hold on mystics and we go, seven on the payroll, sir. Um, and they say that to, to defeat the Hulk, we need, uh, and so it's just just funny, like, oh, yeah, we have seven mystics on the payroll. Uh, like, what's, <laughs> what is going on in the government at the moment? The government yeah. is definitely, yeah, just a weird, whenever it calls in the president on any of these comics, it's just always like the most outlandish response. And uh, even seeing kind of like that dialogue, is that the centuries like super powered hearings? That's what's happening there. Is he standing in his doorway or is that happening right outside of his door? I believe it was happening actually on a uh, a helicopter because the the screenshot that I have of that dialogue is coming from off screen, but it's over top looking over Madison Square Garden, um, and it may be uh, General Ross in his helicopter talking to the president. That's somebody we didn't talk about a lot here. It was General Ross's role in this, and he was so eager. I love that it was at the very beginning of I think like the third comic 
where it shows all the names of the superheroes that have been taken out so far and just the ones that were left. And then it goes straight into Ross basically saying, yeah, it's my turn. And it's just nothing but machine guns, helicopters, blasters. Like, he has no pity for the Hulk. He also I mean, his daughter's dead, no, so I don't blame him, but... He also has no business going up against the Hulk. He's immediately dispatched. Like, <laughs> he does nothing. <laughs> Yeah, but par for the course on humans in Marvel, though. They always go, oh, we're equal to these superheroes or supervillains. We can do this. Here's a big military force. And then they're all like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> <laughs> when, does, when does Red Hulk happen? So interesting that you point that out because I did some research on what that satellite was that Tony used at the end to kind of like stop the Hulk from being yeah. Hulk and transformed him back into oh, Bruce Banner. Is so, that the Red Gamma? So a little bit of a Marvel retcon. We were talking about retcons earlier. I believe at some point in the next 10 years of Marvel, they're going to go back and say, oh yeah, that time that Tony like kind of sucked energy out of the Hulk that was repurposed gamma energy that we use to create the red Hulk with, with uh, Thaddeus Thunderbolt douchebag Ross. Interesting. Cause yeah, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but it's been showing the, um, just the clips and stuff of the new captain America movie coming out, which has changed mm -hmm. its name like three different times now. And it's showing our boy Harrison Ford there kind of right next to the director's chair. Who's playing general ross in the mcu for that new captain america movie but he's sitting there in this pair of black pants that are completely tattered at the knees and ripped up on his thighs very similar to like the black kind of cut up tattered pants that the red hulk wears kind of hinting at the fact that at some point in the, in the mcu he will kind of turn into or show like some hints of the red hulk i right. feel like we can't possibly get enough of harrison ford in the MCU to, to actually get the Red Hulk. <laughs> yeah, well, see, that was my point. Is we, we I think we talked. I think it was last week or or two weeks ago. We started talking about tie-ins with MCU and how the Young Avengers are coming and things like this, where they can actually continue the storyline as you know the ones that we know and love are starting to fade out or getting tired of the roles, want to move on. So what do they do? They bring in. Uh, Harrison Ford, who I love, love Harrison Ford, but they bring him in to do uh, this, uh, these little, you know, little giant role that could, you know, hopefully maybe continue the Hulk, maybe. So, I mean, yeah, let's how, see. How, we'll see. How much do we think Harrison Ford is going to mail it in for this performance? Like, I, I, similar to Brady, I love Harrison Ford. I mean, he's Han Solo. Um, he's you know Indiana Indiana Jones. Jones. He's he's a huge name in in the business of movies. But at this point in his career, I feel like everything I see him in, I'm like, all right, he had about forty five minutes for that, and they and that's all they used. Like he's just mailing it in at this point and collecting some paychecks. No, I disagree. They just came out with that brand new Indiana Jones like feature film, and he's which, still the leading man in all of that. Which so have you seen that yet, Bo? I have not. Is it bad? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. But, it, it, I mean, the fourth one was terrible. 
they just released all of them onto Disney Plus, and I was very excited to go back and just kind of rewatch those because, yeah, if you look at comparison of what just came out to the first one, he's been in this business a long time. Yeah, and I mean, as much as I love him as Han Solo, I honestly kind of wish they had not brought him back in that uh, sequel trilogy in Star Wars. Um, I feel like you just didn't really want to be there. Hot take. <laughs> well, Brady has left us. Uh, yeah, I'm so looking at an empty chair right now. <laughs> I'm not sure where he has gone. Well, let's do this. He can he can fill in at the end if he wants. But Joey, any any final thoughts on on the reading or upcoming readings or relevant Marvel news? No, I, I think this story was a lot of fun to to experience. It was very short, um, but I am extremely excited to get into this secret invasion talk that we're going to have in a couple of weeks. So two weeks from now, we're going to we're going to break down that storyline. Bo and, and Brady will be reading, I believe, the eight issue, uh, just main title. But I have been in the background here reading the entire uh, you know, every single tie-in, all 103 issues, I'm going to try to have done, and I'm I'm excited to talk some some theories. Bo, you sent out that most recent trailer for the the show. Um, just real quick speculation: name a character from the MCU that we've seen at some point in the movies that you think is a scroll that we've seen so far. Man, that is. Oh, how are you gonna put me on the spot like that? <laughs> hey, they really haven't our... released a, a ton of stuff like that um, to like kind of make you lean one way or the other. The person that I've seen so far that I think is probably a scroll, and I can't think of her name right now. It starts with an M, but basically is that girl we've seen in the background of a lot of the recent series that's like putting together that Thunderbolts team. Like the one that's sitting with U.S. Agent at the end of uh, Falcon and Captain America. And then the one that uh, basically dated that agent, was married to that agent. Um, and we saw them in uh, Wakanda Forever. What's her name? You mean Madam Hydra? Val? Yeah, Val. Elaine I, Bennis herself? I feel like there, there's some scrawl in that blood. The the what oh man I'm trying to remember her full like comic book name she's like the the Duchess Valentina something or the Countess Valentina I can't remember but yeah she is Madame Hydra um, yeah for sure I I think that's a good guess I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna throw out Kobe Smolders Maria Hill I think has been a scroll this whole time working right under Nick Fury's nose interesting that would be a good one. I'm I'm curious to see if it's all just, you know, nobody characters that uh, are revealed as secret agents because, you know, they can't bring in all the heavy hitters for this Disney Plus show. I, I wonder if there's going to be some like off screen reveals like, oh, we found out that Scott Lang was the scroll or something like that. And, you know, we don't actually see Paul Rudd, but it's revealed that Paul Rudd was a scroll. Yeah, or there's like a slight clip on like a computer screen or something. Um, I'm I'm assuming it's going to be very Agents of Shield like, where it's really focusing, obviously, on the Agents of Shield, <laughs> the remaining ones that are. 
um, as we kind of saw during that trailer, which was not easy to unlock, by the way. That came from like a lot of different Twitter leaks of like the passcode and then to find the now there's a there's a news article that you can go to like follow all the steps in one thing, but they definitely rolled that out over time. But that first five minutes was I'm I'm hooked. Definitely. Yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm assuming exactly what you said. It'll be just kind of tie-ins or, or name drops that they have the rights to, but maybe that particular actor wasn't necessarily in the budget for this upcoming Disney Plus series. I feel it's going to be very Nick Fury-driven. Oh, for sure. They used their Samuel L. Jackson budget, and they're going to use all of it. But yeah, the um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting. I, I definitely thought I was going to get a virus on my phone when I opened that link that you sent to <laughs> the the trailer because yeah i i thought i was in a scene from the matrix it popped up it was all green and black asking me for the password which the password was not anything close to a real word it was just a string of letters yeah, um, and, and i thought for sure you had been hacked it would definitely fool a captcha that's for sure um you had to select that you were not a robot in order to get that but yeah um What's the what's the drop date for that? That's that's this month, right? I believe it's the twenty first is when the first episode. So I mean, our listeners listening on the podcast have probably already watched the. Premiere. They've already seen it. That's next Wednesday. Yeah, it is this coming Wednesday. Um, spoiler: we record a week before the podcast <laughs> is released. Man, uh, I miss our good little Wednesday meetups where we watch that at the same time. I haven't been, looked forward to a Wednesday in a long time. I know. And so I, I guess the question has to be asked, Bo. We are talking about Secret Invasion, the comic run, in two weeks. Do you and me and Brady want to take a vow that we will not watch the show, the first couple episodes, until we have discussed the comics? Or, or is it just free reign? We watch that premiere as soon as it drops. Until we, well, it's, I would like to vow that we do not do it until everybody's read it this run. Or you don't want to do it until we're like live on the pod- podcast have fully discussed it. So that way, like our impressions are locked in. Yeah, because I thought it would be fun to kind of, you know, do what we just did with Brady involved and do some speculation about, you know, here's the the comic run. What do we think is going to happen from that run in the show? Um, you know, what's going to be different? But, um, you know, if we've already seen the first third of the series at that point, then, um, you know, some of that may not be speculation and actually just sit talking about the show. We, we may just evolve into talking about those first two episodes naturally. Honestly, I I don't hate that. I would uh, I would like to suggest maybe we bump it up a week. Maybe but I don't know skip if that... it, skip the bonus episode next week. Yeah, and and discuss this next Saturday, and then well, I also don't mind having a few episodes to watch all at once. I don't know if this is going to be a one episode premiere or if they're going to drop several at the at the at the start, like one to two, just to hook people. I'm assuming it's just going to be one. You're going to have to stay off of social media if we decide not to watch the show. Yeah. <laughs> I still haven't seen Spider-Verse, and I get a new spoiler every day. Oh, man. You got to see Spider-Verse, because I need to talk about... Uh, like, the thing I want to talk about most about that movie really has nothing to do with the like the plot. It's not like spoiling anything that happens in the movie. But the experience that I had in the theater would not be the same 
as your experience if I were to talk about the thing I want to talk about. So I will not talk about it until you've You're seen it. You're tiptoeing all around that. Yeah, oh, I think we've actually got plans to watch it this weekend. It's kind of like my little Father's Day present. We might get to, to detach from the, no, I will not be taking my kids. I'm going to enjoy some Spider-Man by myself as a grown man with my wife. And uh, hopefully we can knock that out. And maybe we can talk about that by the next one too if, if Brady's on board as well. I'm never on board for anything. Welcome, Welcome back, Brady. Back. On that note, <laughs> you want right, to send us see out, you guys right? next week. No. <laughs> <laughs> and now that I'm back, <laughs> I'm not. Time, see you guys next week for another fun episode. Are we doing? We're doing a fun one, correct, guys? Uh, or are we doing more reading? We were just kidding. We don't have to yeah. end the episode right now. We haven't done our recap. Our, oh uh, my goodness! Our, Y'all are trolling ratings, me because I had to fill out characters. tax documents. Well, so Bo and I were just discussing in your absence the game plan for the next couple of weeks. So the schedule as of right now, episode one of Secret Invasion drops this coming Wednesday. We are slated to discuss the comic run two weeks from now. Um, And Bo and I were discussing, do we want to hold off on watching the show until we have had a chance to discuss the comics? And if so, do we want to skip the bonus episode next week and just dive right into Secret Invasion? So uh, I'm going to tell you guys right now. Bye, way. You all. <laughs> I'm going to tell you guys right now, as I know how much of Marvel fans we are, if something drops from Marvel, we are not going to want to wait. So my vote is let's get right into the reading for Secret uh the secret invasion and let's 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 talk about it next week so we can watch it uh as it comes up so i my vote is we don't uh personally i think we should get to reading now and get ready for the the episode on wednesday joey's and been reading for weeks <laughs> let's nerd out and pushing this up a week really means i'm gonna have to get into gear this week because i have got like 55 more issues to, to burn through i'm only half i i thought i had three weeks now i have two um i mean now it's one because i've already used a week but i and i, I have all of them so thing. let's go but, well let's if if we went two weeks and we started on july 1st we would basically be discussing that saturday and then if we wait till the following wednesday we'd have potentially three episodes to watch there's some there's some pro to that you're gonna be able to hold back bo because i'll tell you right now it's gonna be awfully rough for me i'm not gonna want to but i absolutely will not have a problem not watching the episodes (laughs) i won't enjoy it but i can do it We'll, uh, you know, let, let's let's take this chat offline and, and we'll we'll make a decision in the next couple of days here. Listeners, you're in for a surprise next week. Maybe we're talking about Secret Invasion. Maybe Bo's bringing us a special episode. Who knows? We'll find out together. Uh, but we do need to bring this back to World War Hall so we can wrap this up. Um, our, our typical, you know, weekly questions. You know, I, I believe Bo's busy getting his order at Tim Hortons here. So, Brady, I'm going to start with you. As the, do it. the new comic reader, even though this was a new story for all of us, you have given ratings to our you know prior stories. And where is World War Hulk falling in the 1 to 10 rating? As a graphical masterpiece, pretty high. I gave it a 7.5. But overall, which is what we're grading on, I'm going to have to give it a 5.5, man. One of my least favorite ones that, that I've read. Um, 
I enjoyed the the looks. I know I've I shared beforehand that I took some screenshots because I was like, "Ooh, that looks cool. Ooh, that looks cool." But from a plot development overall, uh, all together, I'm gonna give it a five point five. Not very good, but okay, a five point five it is for Brady. I. You know, I struggled with this one. I, I mentioned I I kind of enjoyed it more than the two of you, it seemed. But there wasn't a whole lot of plot going on. It was mainly just Hulk smashing. And I, I love some Hulk smash. I love some strange smash. You love some what? <laughs> <laughs> That's a clip. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm going to give this a... Six and a half. I think it was slightly better than than you're giving it credit for. Um, by far not the best story we have read, but I still had a good time with it. Six and a half it is for me. Bo, what are you giving World War Hulk? Um, it's funny. I already have my number in mind, and then you guys said yours, but I'm really going to split it right down the middle. I was going to give this a six from the get-go. Uh, I like your and a half ratings one way or the other, but this was slightly above meh for me. Mostly because, like, the action scenes were dope. But for a crossover event, uh, Spider-Man was not in it late enough whatsoever. He was only early issues. And if you don't have Spider-Man all the way through the event, is it really even a Marvel crossover event? But, yeah, very Hulk-driven. I'm not... I hate saying this. I'm not the biggest Hulk fan, I guess. Except for when he's brought in as a wild card. So, as an event itself, it was short. Uh, the art was dope. Plot was lacking. But we did get to see, I mean, this was a great tie-in to what the Illuminati was doing. This was a great recap um, and kind of second part of Planet Hulk. I think maybe I would have given a higher reading if I had read that just because of the tie-ins to that. But unfortunately, I did not. And I know it sets up a lot as well, too, is what's what's happening with Bruce Banner in the future? Where is the Hulk? Who is Scar? Dot, 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 question mark. So. Um, it was good for what it was, but it was it was as far as an event goes, it was a lot of filler of just kind of in between other things going on in Marvel Comics. So I'm gonna land with a six. And that's again mostly because it's not that I didn't enjoy it. I know that I have and will enjoy other events a lot more than this one personally. Fair. I think we these are all fair ratings. More than fair, really. And this next part I'm really curious about. But we'll start with you, just because you ended the last one. Um, not a whole lot to choose from, I feel like, here. But favorite character? Character of the week? My favorite character... It's weird to not go Hulk on this one. I feel like we have to maybe take him off the table, because it's all completely about him. But I guess we'll leave him as fair game. My favorite character was it's a little bit of a tie. I feel like as far as the Illuminati characters go, Reed Richards and Black Bolt didn't have a huge part in this. Black Bolt really only even said one word in classic Black Bolt fashion. Um, but I really liked the play and the way that the whole situation was handled by both Doctor Strange and Iron Man. So it's a little bit of a toss-up from me, but I'm going to steer towards and mostly because we talked about this before, it's a version of him that we haven't seen a whole lot. I'm going to go with Tony Stark because uh, we, we really didn't even see a whole lot of Iron Man. I'm going to go with Tony Stark because I think we saw some of We saw, did we even talk about the Hulkbuster? We got to talk about his. I mentioned it in this. my recap, but yeah, we didn't talk about it much. 
Yeah, I mean, like my boy pulled in all the weapons, uh, all the way to his little satellite rays, his extremist power, multiple different suits. Tony without a suit for a large portion of the the latter half of the event. Um, his involvement at the beginning was a cool tie-in to what we just got done with Civil War, where basically he was everybody. We need all hands on deck. He had a great involvement with the Sentry. He basically even said, even the people that are out there still being unsanctioned costume fighters, like I'll give them a full pardon if they come on and help us. So he really kind of saw the greater good here. Um, and I think he owned up to a lot of his own faults. I got to go with Tony Stark. He, he was a big driver in the original decision to send the Hulk. And then I think made up for a lot of it in this as well, too. And at the end of the day, he's going to do what he can to save the world. I think Tony Stark is an excellent choice. I mean, he was the first on the scene. Immediately, Hulk showed up, and Tony was like, give me the Hulkbuster outfit. We're, we're going. Um, so, yes, great, great decision. Brady, who's your character? I, like I said, the graphical thing for me was the best part about this, and there's no better imagery than when Sentry goes God mode. So I am going to go Sentry as my favorite character, um, which actually, because he's not really in the MCU, oh, you know, and we, we haven't seen, you know, his full power. Um, this is really my first introduction to him um, in, in comics. I, I would love to see more. And like, like Joey mentioned at the start, understand why he's agoraphobic, schizophrenic, all this, all this stuff that, is keeping him uh, inside and bottled down, um, but it just adds to the mysterious of that's why I want to I want to pick him as my favorite character uh, of this of this round. So I'm gonna go Century, the sick man of the power with the power of a million exploding suns or whatever was said. So <laughs> let's go Century again. A solid, solid choice. Um... Took a little while to come out of the house. We literally saw four issues of buildup of, you know, you knew that the century was going to come and we were going to have a big battle between the two of them because it was like at least once every issue there was a flash of, where's the century? Why isn't he here? Should somebody go get him? Uh, and then, you know, showing him just kind of standing in the doorway, looking outside, not quite making his way out, but solid decisions. I. Oh, man, I, I did want to take the Hulk after Bo told us to take him off the table here because, I mean, it's World War Hulk. And like I said, I love some Hulk smashing. However, I'm going to take our guy, Rick Jones, as my character of the week. Rick Jones showed up uh, on the streets of New York, just walked into the battle to be like, hey, Hulk, look, it's me. Remember, like, settle down, um, put himself in harm's way. He sacrificed himself to save Bruce Banner at the end when Meek, you know, uh, rushed to stab Bruce Banner after he had transformed. Rick Jones pushes him out of the way and saves Bruce, even though I'm sure Bruce would have been just fine, probably would have just changed right back into the Hulk. Um, but Rick Jones, just, you know, not a super powered individual, but still willing to put himself on the front lines to help out. And like I said, he's one of the best characters in Marvel Comics. He's, he is probably top five Marvel characters for me. Good choice, good choice, good choice. I like it. Is that, is that, do, we, do we have any other questions to answer? 
I think that's uh, everything we've we've done traditionally, unless you guys have any additional questions or, or thoughts on this run here. Uh, I have a question for Bo. How is your uh, Tim Hortons? I haven't had a chance to eat it yet. I am on mute, but I'm about <laughs> to dive straight in. So with that, Brady, send us out. I think that's <laughs> I've got motivation. Bo's chopping at the bit to get some donuts and, and delectables into, into his face hole. So... With that, we are going to be uh, discussing what we're doing next week and giving you a surprise for the next episode. And uh, just like with uh, World War Hulk, we're going to end this a little weird and say goodbye. Strange smash. Thank you for listening to another episode of Comics Over Coffee. Please be sure to join in again next Saturday morning for another exciting episode. If you have questions for the host or would like to be featured on an episode, please write in to comicsovercoffeepodcast at gmail.com. Special thanks to my fellow co-hosts, Bo and Brady, and a very special shout-out to our artist, Emily Rich. So do we avoid watching the pilot of Secret Invasion on Wednesday? Oh, yeah. And, and wait. Two grilled sausage wraps. Um, the grilled breakfast wraps, two of those. An order of ten bits. Uh, just just a mixed pack of those. Uh, let's do let's do twenty of those, and and then actually, can we do twenty? But can we do mostly just the uh, chocolate and honey dip glaze? No, yeah, just the, those twenty specifically, like a ten and ten of those, if possible. Yeah, and that's it. Thank you very much. <laughs>